Amen. Well, um, mothers, if you stick around, we do have flowers for each of you. Um, if you cut out, you miss out. No. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to come before your people. Thank you for the word that's food to our spirit and medicine to all of our flesh. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for speaking through me and speaking to the hearts of the people. I thank you that your word is powerful and that it will go forth unchecked and unhindered. Thank you for doing great and mighty things in all of our lives. Help us, help us daily to remember and remind ourselves of our identity in Christ, of who we are, whose we are, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and that Jesus paid it all. It's a finished work. Help us daily to be reminded of that, walk in that, to live that, to share that, and breathe, sleep it, know it, and not forget it. Because Jesus paid it, and we don't want to pay it again. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, um, I thought it was really awesome when Marla talked about her identity and how she was, would just um, ask God to remind her of her identity. And, and that was, uh, you know, and Allison, uh, we, I looked back at Allison and she said, did you ask her to say that? It's like, no, absolutely not. You know, because we had, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to have a few ladies come up and, and just share. Um, they're going to do what I call an elevator speech, right? Elevator means you go up real quick and you come back. <laughs> so they're going to do an elevator uh, of what um, their identity in Christ means. You know, with the, with the, the word of God, it's just it's full, and it is powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so that means that we, we have a, a sharp identity. We have a sharp identity in Christ. And, and pastor's been teaching some amazing word just on um, who we are in Christ and, and God's grace. Amen? And it's just been life-changing. And it's been an opportunity for us as believers to come to know who we are so that when the enemy comes against us or when situations don't look like they should according to the word, that we remind ourselves that what Jesus did and let him not do what he did in vain, right? Let's allow the word of God to be first and foremost in every situation of our lives. And so moms, happy Mother's Day. And I find, I, I, um, am honored to be able to stand before you and exhort you and to remind you of how important you are, how valuable you are, and, and the fact that you are loved and you're beautiful, and remind you that when you look in the mirror, don't see your flaws, don't see your scars, because your scars were taken care of by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He took all your scars away. But so often, we as women, we are so hard on ourselves. We look in the mirror and all we see is the first pimple. We see the first bump. And we forget that, oh, I'm standing here. And we forget that the price was paid and God sees us beautiful. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. And what I want to do today is just to stir you up. And let me remind you, see, pastor's a teacher. He teaches line upon line, precept upon 
precepts, concepts. He teaches. I'm an exhorter. I like to stir you up. I like to get you so fired. Not that the teaching doesn't get you fired. It gets us fired, right? But I know who I am. I know my place. And I believe and I declare that you'll leave here if you came here with a bad attitude about yourself and anybody else. You're going to see yourself different. You're going to see people different. And you're going to be encouraged to love yourself when you don't feel loving. Because it's not about how we feel. It's about what he did to make us feel beautiful. And he did it. He did it for each and every one of us. But today, mothers, I'm just going to single you out. Isn't it awesome to feel, isn't it, uh, doesn't it feel good when you're acknowledged? Yeah, we all like to be acknowledged. You know what? You can acknowledge yourself tomorrow, after Mother's Day. <laughs> acknowledge yourself. When you stand in the mirror, acknowledge yourself and say, I'm beautiful. I'm a finished work. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. Not because of your greatness or the lack thereof, but because of what he did. Isn't that amazing? Because if we had to depend on our strength and our ability. Now, I have certain abilities, but there are certain areas I suck. But if I had to depend on myself in that suck area, I would, I would allow that to affect my other areas that I do have my strengths in. But what, isn't it awesome when you know that you can just, across the board, you're amazing? And that's true. Because what's true about Jesus, he's awesome across the board. He doesn't have one of these things that go like this, right? Where the, it goes up and then it drops down. You know, if we would measure ourselves as humans, we would have a graph that looks up and down. But oh boy, his graph goes straight across. And not only does it go straight across, it goes high and straight across. And as he is, what? So are we. Amen. So your, draft, your graft is not a low graft. It's not an up and down graft. It is a straight graph. But we have to see ourselves that way. Amen. We have to stop seeing ourselves Okay, I asked her not to stick these on here real hard. Now I'm struggling. All right. <laughs> you just got to hire the right help. No. <laughs> Stop seeing yourself unattractive. Right? You can't see that on that side, can you? I'm going to pull it over here. I want everybody to see. Actually, let's do this. How about that? All right. Stop seeing yourself unattractive. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 2, verses 19 through 21. Now I have two translations. I'm going to read it out of the New King James first, and then I'm going to read it from the Message Bible. So the New King James in, second, in um, Galatians chapter 2, verse 19 says, For in the life which I now live in the flesh... I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. All right? Now, let's read it in the Message Bible. 
just really brings this alive, really speaks to our hearts. In verse 19 through 21, what actually took place is this. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman so that I could be God's man. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely, say completely. So often we only want to, you know, oh, I know, because why? We, because we know that's a strength. So in the strength areas, we want to identify. We're like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. But in the areas where we know that there's, those are our shortcomings or those are our little isms, we, we don't feel like looking at completely Irene. Why? Because those weaknesses, they yell at us. They scream at us. They try to be the big guy. But Jesus is the big guy. And what he did, he did trumps my shortcomings, trumps even my strengths. Yeah? Why? Because I am completely, I am completely covered, finished, reign in him. And so it goes on to say, I identify myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer central. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or anyone else. I added that one. Or have your good opinion. And I am no longer driven to impress God. Wow. Who are we to try to impress God? He is God. We cannot impress him. He created the universe. He hung the stars. I ran a marathon. <laughs> that is nothing compared. You know what I'm saying? We can't impress him. So why do we try to do works to impress. He's the best at what he does. And so we can't impress him. We don't, in, in fact, here's the, makes it easier, we don't have to impress him. We, he was impressed enough when Jesus took it and paid it all. That was all he needed to happen. We didn't have to do anything, and in fact, we could do nothing to help what Jesus did. We did nothing. So keeping in mind that we don't need to impress God, the life you see me living is not mine, but it is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am not going to go back on that. <laughs> Is it not clear to you that to go back to that old rule-keeping, peer-pleasing religion would be an abandonment of everything personal and free in my relationship with God? We would throw everything away that God did for us, trying to go back to try to please him with rule-keeping. I refuse to do that, to repudiate 
God's grace. If a living relationship with God could come by rule keeping, then why did Christ die anyway? Right? Why did he die? His death was unnecessary. If we could please God by our works, when remember, Jesus did it, but if we are trying to do it with our works, why did Christ do it? Anything. Why did he just let us prove ourselves? And then that way, each person would get exactly what their worth was. Right? But no, God had a better plan. And, and that's why I love going back to Isaiah. I believe it's 55, and it, it's just my foundation that God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And when we have a foundation, when we go back to the foundation, it keeps us from getting tilted over thinking elsewise, thinking something contrary to the word. Because God, see, a lot of times when we try to figure something out and we're trying to do it our way or do it the way we think it should be done and have not acknowledged God, then our thinking about the situation is going to be totally different than how God sees it. But when we get okay with, hmm, God may want to do this a little different than what I'm thinking. Because our ways, remember, are not his ways. And our thoughts, thoughts are not his thoughts. So we have to remember that when we're, when we're walking through this course of life. Because things may not show up, may not manifest the way you think that they should have. And we have to be okay with that. All right? So, you know, it talked about how we take, uh, we have to take our personal, I'm going to go back to that because I want to elaborate on that a little bit. Um, let me find, find that. Are you, are you blessed? Yeah. All right. Are you getting something so far? Awesome. All right. I'm going to have to go back to the, to the beginning to read that so I can plug in what I wanted to concerning that. So what actually took place is this. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman so that I could be God's man. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer central. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have good opinion. And I am no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. The life you see me living now or see me living is not mine. But it is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am not going to go back. It is not is it not clear to you that to go back to that old rule-keeping, peer-pleasing religion will be an abandonment of everything personal and free in my relationship with God? So the word personal is what jumped out to me when I was preparing. And so when we take what Christ did personal, then we take ownership of it easier when we take it personal. Just like, say for instance, when something, um, you know, we as parents, moms, and some of you probably can relate to this more than others, but when, let's say something good or bad, let's say something when your, your, your child gets rewarded for something or acknowledged or a certificate, don't you feel just as proud? You take ownership, you're like, that's personal to you. 
That makes you feel good as a mom, right? And then reverse. If something happens to them, you know, somebody come against them, that mama bear rises up in you, right? And you want to take care of that situation. Why? Because you take it personal. You identify with your kids. And so it is that we identify with God what he did for us in Christ. Something recently happened um, at, 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 our, at our house in, um, so Jasmine said to use her name because she said I would mess it up if I didn't. I would try to go around the Marbury bush. But anyways, so, uh, so Jasmine had gone to, uh, was coming home and her dad likes these Jolly Joes and you can only get them at the gas station. And so she um, was going to the gas station um, on the way home to get Jolly Joes for her dad. And so when she showed up and was walking in, um, the gentleman that was working behind the counter was FaceTiming. And so, you know, working but FaceTiming. And so when Jasmine walked in, um, the worker turned the camera or his phone. He tried to do it, you know, in a sly way, but she saw it and was showing his friend and made a comment about, you know, how fine she looked. So then, of course, you know, that bothered Jasmine. And so when she came home, she mentioned it, right? <laughs> so her dad, um, we were sitting down watching TV, and then so I can see it on his face. He was, I can see it. He was about to go there at that moment. And I put my hand on his hand, and I said, it's okay, right? Fast forward, next day. Was it next day? The next day, not to my knowledge, <laughs> he shows up at the gas station, and he wanted to talk to the manager about this situation. And so he addressed the manager. Well, while he was addressing the manager, a phone call came in. And so a worker was talking to somebody on the other end, and it was describing the same situation that Pastor was telling the manager. And so the worker says, there's somebody on the other line complaining about the same thing. Well, it was Jasmine. Jasmine had called to report what had happened. So, and then Pastor happened to be there at the same time. So, you know, that being said, you know, it was, it was take, it's being taken care of. They're handling the situation because that was inappropriate, right? So when Pastor came home and he said, you know, I just came from proud, proud dad, right? And I, and I didn't, I didn't even think any more about it, right? And uh, he said, I just left that gas station. And I was like, honey, and he was like, no, and he rose up against me. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Ain't nobody gonna mess with my girls. <laughs> and I was so happy that he did, but I was concerned because I knew what could go down. And I didn't want him showing up in a bad way. <laughs> so, and that was why I put my hand on his hand at that time to say, it's gonna be all right, <laughs> it's gonna be all right. But of course, you know, he wasn't gonna let that ride. And so he showed up at the gas station and let them know how he felt about that and how that should be handled, right? Because he took it personal. That was a personal offense to him, right? And so we have to identify with Christ what he did for us. It was a personal thing. Yeah, he saw each and every one of us on the cross. He, he wants us to identify with what he did. 
He doesn't want us to identify with unattractiveness. You are attractive, not unattractive. All right? He doesn't want us to identify with being unworthy. When you look in the mirror, you shouldn't see unworthy. You shouldn't see that you're unattractive. You're beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. That's how he sees you. Because he's beautiful. And as he is, so are we. Yes. You're beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 3. And I know Pastor's going to have his version of that story. <laughs> he always does, right? But, you know, I remember when he told me, he, there are certain things that when he comes up and tells, I wish I would write them down. Because he gives his version, and it's always a lot different than how I see it. So next time, I'm going to write down what he says so that when I get an opportunity, I can tell you guys my version. <laughs> well, let's turn over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. All right. If you're there, say amen. All right, let's start it in the, um, we're going to read the uh, New King James Version first. It says in Colossians 1, okay, excuse me, did I say 3? Yeah, Colossians 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And actually, I want to just stop at 2. So verses 1 through 2. So now I'll go to the message, um, if we can put the message on the screen. And so Colossians 3, verses 1 through 2. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Now, not saying that things won't happen that makes you look like you're not serious because it's not about being perfect. But see, that's where the enemy starts to bombard us in our minds because he wants to keep pulling those, um, those slip-up cards out and put them in your face and say, hey, you're not serious because if you were serious, this wouldn't have happened. But this is where we have to continue, continually identify with what Christ did because, see, God knows that we're not perfect and he knows that there will be slip-ups. But then we continually to say, and the reason why, you know, sometimes when we um, look at, well, let's say look in the mirror, and you may be looking like sharp, like got it all together, and you see that little pimple, right? And that stands out. Why is it that we see the negative, negative things first? Because a lot of it is because of how we were brought up. Not necessarily in your family, but just in the world. That's the world's, kind of the world's way. It'll bring out those negative things, forgetting all the 100,000 positive things that has happened in this situation, but that one negative thing screams the loudest. So that's what we have to repent and change our mind about. We have to change our mind about how we see ourselves and see ourselves, but it's not a one-time deal. It's not a one-time and that's it. It's a daily daily thing that we have to remind ourselves who we are in Christ because emotions and feelings they show up every single day and sometimes they're heavy 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 moms huh 
especially if you feel like you let your kids down, you feel like that they, they could have done better if you would have done this, you wear these guilt clothes, I say shake them off, I say look in the mirror and no longer see this stuff. See what God sees and he sees you as valuable and precious. He sees you how he sees Jesus. And that's what we want to identify with. We want to identify with how he sees Jesus. Even though your body's telling you you're unworthy. No, the body is lying to you. Are you going to believe what Jesus did? Are you going to believe what your body is saying to you in your mind? And that's the question you ask yourself. When it shows up, you say, oh, but it's so strong. <laughs> Coming up from the grave is stronger than that. Yeah, yeah right? So, hey, let's see what's stronger. Those thoughts in your mind are what Jesus did. He died on the cross. He stayed there as they were beating him. He was taking on unworthiness. He was taking on sickness. He took on everything on his body. Is that powerful or is the body that you're standing in that's lying to you, telling you you're unworthy, is that powerful? No way. No way. It doesn't even compare, does it? It didn't even compare what he went through. And then, after that, who else has been risen from the dead? Who else you know as in, in, in walking on the earth and then ascended on heaven? Who else has done that? That's powerful. And we have to identify with that because that's real deal. That's really, that really happened. And if we believe that, we identify with it. And not just part of it. We identify with everything Jesus did. And his identity is our identity. What's true about Jesus is true about us. You say, well, you know, you don't know what I did. Jesus does, and he died anyway. Because remember, he's, he's, he was with God in the beginning. So he didn't find out what you did after you did it. He was there in the beginning. He knows everything. He knows and he knew and still died. Wow. That's love, isn't it? That's powerful. And he still died. But how do you see it? Are you allowing the negative thoughts of others to, in, to penetrate in your mind and take over what Jesus did? Are you allowing, are we allowing the world to put us in this bubble of these Christians that, you know, um, are, aren't really Christians. We know who we are because of who we identify with. And because we identify with him, we share that with others, not in judgment, not judging them, but we see them the way God sees them. Amen? I am what God says I am. I want you to say this with me. I, or say this after me, I am what God says I am. He is who he says he is. I am identified by all of his promises. I live by every word he says. Amen. So I am identified by all of his promises. So what are, what are the promises? You got to get in there and see. See what his promises are. See what he says about you. Those are promises that you identify yourself with. 
And when you keep that identity, when you keep that identity before you, then when the thoughts, the negative thoughts come your way, because you're always already connected with the one who you are, are identified with, then those false identities, there are false identities out there, guys. Not only trying to steal your money, but trying to steal your joy, your peace, your life, who you are in Christ. And those coming, are coming from the enemy. But we keep our identity, our eyes on Christ. I, I asked a few ladies um, if they wouldn't mind, and they get, they get to do their elevator thing, and they're going to come and just share what I, being identified with Christ means to them. And so Miss Linda Pettigrew is going to come first, and I need a mic if, okay, thank you so much. And so, I mean, a lot of times, you know, as, come on up. A lot of times as, um, I got to stay within range. A lot of times as moms or as um, leaders, people feel like, you know, ah, uh, well, yeah, you know, um, you can say that because you blah, blah, blah. You know, no. Just because we're leaders doesn't mean that we don't deal with stuff too. But some people think like that. So for those of you that think like that, okay, Linda's not a pastor's wife. <laughs> and so I just want you to be able to connect and identify with others that may be able to, that you can relate to. So, Linda. Um, well, when I was reading uh, Galatians 2.20, there was uh, three things that popped out at me that um, I have to remind myself every day. And the first one was that um, Christ lives in me. And, uh, you know, when life hits me, I have to remember that I'm one with him, that there's nothing I can't do through mm. him. The second thing was that um, I can't read Galatians 2.20 without my mind going to 1 John 4.17 that says that as he is, so are we in this world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when life hits me again, um, is Jesus accepted? Is he approved? Is he healthy? Is he wealthy? All those things that come at us every day as moms. Yeah. And I have to stand up and say, yeah, I'm just like Jesus. Mm -hmm. So then the third thing that brings it all together for me, and this is the bottom line with me, is that um, God loves me. Mm -hmm. That everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Because God loves me. And uh, in the message where it talks about how, um, going back to the rule keeping, mm -hmm. well, I can't crawl up into the lap of a rule. I can't have an intimate uh, relationship with a rule. Yeah. But I can mm. with the Father that loves me. Amen. That's good, Linda. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. All right. So next, um, Brenda Mudd's going to come. On this side, oh, and I'll just have you come on. Did that did that minister to you? Did that help you? So you know, in in the more you hear it, not just from Pastor and I, but from others. I mean, let it resonate with you. Don't stand. You can't stand behind the mirror. Okay, there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Remind yourself of who you are. <laughs> okay. Yes. So what grace means to me is, I'm enough with my flaws that I think that I see, 
Mm -hmm. I'm enough. God has, he, he approves of me. Yeah. And one of the things that Connie Witter said when she came that really stuck out to me is that how God corrects the condition of your heart. Mm. And when he corrects the condition of your heart, not only does it change how you see yourself, but it changed how you view others. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that really stood out to me. Mm. That's so. good. Amen. Thank you, Brenda. That's awesome. 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 All right. Allison. Allison Jury is going to come. These are moms and just acknowledging them and at the same time just letting you hear, you know, that we all have to apply this word no matter where you are. Amen. Um, so I am so full because of how things have connected through this whole encounter today. This yeah. is really incredible. I could not believe I fell off my chair when Marla <laughs> said about uh, her identity because yeah. that's exactly what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, and the biggest thing in my life up until I was about 30 years old and Pastor Al had a message on his podcast about uh, being fearfully and wonderfully made and um, I had a revelation at that point that um, that even though I was made to feel like too much for people throughout my childhood um, so there's rejection in that um, God didn't make a mistake when he made me That's as right. much as I am and mm -hmm. I can stand in how much I am yeah and be proud of that and yeah. because I'm in his image um, so what I found my identity in the first 30 years of my life were who I was connected to, whether it was my, who my parents were, who, who my parents are, uh, my siblings and what they thought of me, uh, and then later my achievements, a little later than that, my mistakes. Um, and I didn't realize how much of that I was holding on to until I started getting this revelation about grace. And I can't... Um, you know, when Minister Tracy was talking about not looking into the past and um, your subtitle about the scars, the beautiful. Um, this makes me so emotional because okay. um, I can look back to those mistakes, you know, the, the drugs, the alcohol, the self-harm. Um, and I don't look at it with shame. I don't look at, yes. I don't feel a bit of shame over that. Yes. Woo. Amen. And the reason is I feel like your purpose can be connected to your past pain. Um, mm. And if not, what was it all for? <laughs> so I really do feel like we can look at those and those, those scars um, and relate to other people that are also hurting. I know yeah. people are in those those areas and there's a lot of things you know the past 20 years didn't get talked about in my life and it was kind of that I needed the um, I needed to come to the point where um, I know people can be touched by that and have hope for yeah. more so moving past all that this is not an elevator talk I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> she gets stuck on the elevator <laughs> has that ever happened to anybody Too many people try to load on um, but moving past all of that to um, you know, reaching out and helping others that are going through the same things. Um, so my life verse and growing up, I went to a private Christian school 
um, found my identity in that for a little while. But uh, the pastor of the church that I was confirmed in, it was a Lutheran church, so I was raised with rules and no relationship. So guess what that led to? If you've read any parenting books, that leads to rebellion. Um, but it is, I brought this up because I was not, not sure I would be able to remember. It's in Ephesians. And it's, uh, I'm sorry, it's Hebrews 13.5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said to you, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Um, so what the flip side of your identity being uh, connected to um, who you are, who you are connected to, is that those people are not free to just be them and you're not free to just be you. If those people fail you, that crushes you and there's that rejection all over again when your identity is in Christ he can't fail you yeah yeah so be free and let the people you're in relationship be free because yeah. they don't need you tying all that to them yeah that's so. good that's awesome <laughs> awesome 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 do I have one more I think I have one more do I have one more June Parker you good Okay, thank you, June. <laughs> Amen. Well, you know what? I just love the fact of what all the ladies said. And, you know, I have one more little, um, little note to put here because this is what we usually see when we look in the mirror sometimes, is that failure. I'm going to put it up a little higher. Failure because of something we didn't do or we, did, we said, and we forget who we are in Christ. And so I just want to remind you today that these things are just your scars. They don't matter. And then we need to see ourselves that our scars, no scars on your beautiful. No scars on your beautiful. Why? Because Jesus took the scars. He took all the scars, all your scars, whatever they may be. He took them. And there's this song. I really, really love this song. It's not a, uh, a word-based song, but it's a song that really speaks. It speaks to how God sees us. Not every single word, but the word is, the, the song is so powerful. And we're going to play that song. And, and, and if, it, if it just gets your groove moving, hey, then let it get your groove moving. But I, I mean, I, I want you to listen to it and... I want you to identify with Christ, but you can see Christ in what she's saying. She could be a believer. I don't know. But this particular song is so powerful. And the name of the song is called No Scars on Your Beautiful. All right? So we're going to play that. And uh, then I'm going to come back with a, a last statement, and then we're going to dismiss you. But all right. She just wants to be beautiful she goes unnoticed she knows no limits she craves attention she praises an image she prays to be sculpted by the sculptor oh she don't see the light that's shining deeper than the eyes can find it maybe we are made of blind souls she tries to cover up her pain and cut her woes away Girls don't cry after the face is made, but there's a hope that's waiting for you in the dark. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. And so when you look in the mirror, see no scars. See that you're beautiful. See yourself. Identify with Christ. So I ask you, and I leave this with you, how do you see yourself? How do you identify with Christ? Identify with him the way he sees you. And that is victorious, prosperous, on top, healthy, whole, more than a conqueror, light in the midst of darkness, a blessing to those you come in contact with, full of joy, full of peace. He sees you reigning in life. And so identify with that every time negativity comes into your heart and into your head. Identify with how Christ sees you. Shut it down right away. Don't meditate on it. Don't think about it. See yourself the way God sees you. And you reign. You're victorious. You're beautiful. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs>